had already come in and I trying to uh, you know fiddle around with my gadget I got a text on another phone from my Tavale Pate in uh, Manikos to tell me to put on my earpiece but anyway I'm talking to you now and um, like I said earlier um, I am new to Twitter and um, I am um, quite surprised of my you know at myself in terms of how I've got into Um, you know how I am performing on Twitter and how people perceive me, uh, either in a good way or a bad way. But um, this is my first uh, space, uh, or is it space use, or this is my first space uh, talking to you because I, I want to connect with you more. Uh, I've been connecting with you uh, for a while now um, through um, you know the tweets that I've done and. Um, Uh, I've been shown this uh, platform uh, that is available on Twitter and I would like to use it and uh, perhaps uh, to become more intimate with you, um, uh, my friends on Twitter, um, uh, and particularly my followers and uh, anyone uh, that is interested uh, in me. But um, this is a very important session for me and to help me out, I will be recording Uh, this session tonight uh, so that uh, later I could use it for my own evaluation and uh, maybe use some content for podcast later. So um, I first of all would like to introduce myself. I've given you my name. My name is Pio Tikundu Ondua. Um, uh, for those of you in Fiji, just, to, just so that you know where I am from. I'm from the village of Ndelasui in Tailevu. Uh, I am um, I am 54 years old. I am actually 55 this year. I will turn 55 um, uh, in a few weeks and uh, on the 12th of September. I am married and um, I have four children, two boys and uh, two girls. And uh, my youngest daughter, Sarafina, is uh, studying um, economics and accounting in uh, in Taiwan at the moment. I live in Suba in Dewilewu. I went to school uh, in Natobi, the Natobi Catholic Mission School. I... I studied in 1973. I was boarding at Natobi from 1973 to 1982. And then in 83-84, I went to St. John's um, before I did some studies at USP on Fijian language and then later joined the judiciary uh, as a court officer in um, 1986. In uh, 1988, I left the judiciary and joined the Republic of Fiji Military Forces, um, studying to become uh, an officer of the force, uh, which started in February, February 5th, uh, 1988, and I got commissioned on the 27th of December, after Christmas of the same year. So uh, I have been uh, um, uh, an active member of the Republic of Fiji Military Forces up until essentially in 2006, um, uh, when I returned. Uh, in um, April of 2007, uh, I had um, joined the public service then as the Permanent Secretary for, for Justice, later on as Permanent Secretary for Public Enterprise, and um, 
in April of 2008, I became uh, permanent secretary in the office of the Prime Minister. And that job I performed until um, uh, the elections in 2014, when I resigned my, my work as permanent secretary and I became a full-time politician. And in the 2014 elections, I, I, I won a seat in parliament, and at the time, I, it was a 50-seat parliament. And um, I became a minister of the government at the time of the Fiji First Government, um, as Minister for Infrastructure, leader of the House as well. And um, that was a, a very short-lived uh, political career, because I resigned... Um, in um, yeah, May, I think, May of uh, 2015. And I went to live in the village for that long, until 2018. And, um, and that's when, particularly 2017, and I started looking at my opportunities, what I wanted to do. And then I decided then to join the National Federation Party as a candidate for the 2018 elections. And uh, fortunate enough for me, I, I managed to, uh, to get a seat in, the, in Parliament. And um, since then, I've been one of the three members of uh, you know, the National Federation Party, ably led by uh, Professor Biman Pasad and um, my other co-parliamentarian is Italian Noren Krenger Tambua. And of course, I am the third, and I also am the whip for the NSP in Parliament. Eh? So that's a really a very, a very, very quick rundown of uh, who and what I am. Um, and um, basically, the, the story of my life in a very few minutes. Um, oh, I, I think it's essential also to, to note that... Um, that um, um, you know, I was raised by my mother. So, um, single-handed, single parent. And my grandfather, you know, as I always said, has been my mentor and um, who really has made me the man that I am. So, I built my character, gave me these values, and um, which, if you're asking me, I mean, most of you understand you know, my political life. And uh, last week I said in Parliament, you know, I've been to hell and back. So, and, and that is quite true. Um, becomes all part of the job. Um, and um, I just wanted to note that because um, but many of you might be wondering in terms of why, you know, despite all these things that happened to me as a person, as a politician, so what's my motivation? So these are that is my motivation, you know, in terms of the upbringing and you know, the values that I hold dear. And uh, as much as I can in the political, you know, arena, that I would want to continue to portray that. And um, that is about me. So uh, I just wanted to go to... Uh, hang on, let me check my watch. Uh, maybe I've been talking too long and you guys have been waiting. So uh, I really want to... Uh, hear from you and uh, just bear with me a little. Um, like I said, I apologized earlier because I couldn't get settled in. I'm really new to this uh, bloody thing, you know. Uh, 
So uh, please forgive me. I had a long day. I got my second jab also. So if I not come across too well, it's probably the second jab that's uh, really got into me. But I'll try not to get that uh, affect me. You may have seen that in one of my of my earlier post. I mean, I call it post. I don't know what it's like in tweet, but I call it poster. So um, uh, me and my wife got jabbed today. But I feel good, and I I look forward to engaging with you. Like, Twitter is really new. And I, I, I take this before we start. You know, thank you, everybody, for making me welcome in Twitter. I I don't know, it's like the biggest miracle that bloody happened to me, you know. All of a sudden, I find myself in different corners of the world, and I didn't know how I got myself there. Uh, but I kind of recognize that, you know, people recognize with a certain level of humility and understanding. But that pretty much reflects uh, who I am. Um, uh, that, and I said, I said, you know, in one of my posts earlier on uh, this week, that I avail myself as a member of parliament and a politician and a public officer under scrutiny of the public. And um, that it is my also my responsibility to reach out to you. So this is why I'm doing this. And space is new. I'm just looking at my phone now and there's a whole lot of you already. But let me say welcome again to my space. Thank you. Um, and I want to hear you too. Uh, not only those that have, you know, um, uh, been very supportive of me learning Twitter and getting through it. But of course, I acknowledge very much also those who are my critics. And I like that because they make me better. And because every leader should be listening to the people out there. Like it or not, you should be listening. And I am now tonight listening to you. So, um, just um, uh, if you will allow me, sorry, I mean, you guys will probably all see I have a crooked mouth. And uh, I get my mouth's always dry. So I need to just have a glass of water. As soon as I've had that, it me take me a few seconds. And then... And we'll start taking questions from you and uh, hearing you out. So, once again, thank you for joining me tonight. And let's have a good chat. Uh, Sorry, bear with me, guys. I'm just fiddling with my phone. I need to try and get your questions in order and, you know, hear you out. And, um, okay, first, um, I'm going to give the space now to one very special fella. His name is Patangabindi. And I think he said he's from Lao. So, Pate, first question, mate. Well, he may be having a little bit of difficulty. So, uh, Pate, if you're listening and you can hear me, I'm waiting for your question, mate. Or anyone else for that matter who would like to ask me a question? Pate. Pate, are you there? Okay. It appears as if Pat has uh, faded off a bit. Um, Pate! You. Yep. Yeah. Uh, okay, welcome in. Um, I'm, I'm curious to answer your question. I've given you this privilege to be the first, first person to ask me a question. Stop laughing, I mean. The whole Fiji is listening to your question now. So, uh, should we? 
Uh, first of all, you need to wait uh, so we can speak. Okay, yeah, go on, I'm listening. Okay, you have to invite us in order for us to ask questions. Not just me, there's a whole lot of people here. Oh, okay, I'm really sorry. Okay, so um, I would... Uh, I, I, I think I would like to. I think I'm just going to. Re I, I have actually invited uh, um, uh, everyone that's in my space. I, I hope I'm saying the right things here because, you know, I'm 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 a real old guy. I I'm new to this space, and um, I'm trying to, you know, to, to 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 come across well in this space and how you know how people you know engage in this space. So. Um, I'm inviting you as the first person to ask me a question or make a comment. And also I'm asking uh, everyone else uh, if I have questions to ask me. I am ready. So yes, I am ready. I'll stop here because I can go on forever talking. Yeah. <laughs> okay, one of my questions. Are you going to run for the next election? That is really a very, very good question. Yes, at this stage, at this stage, you know why I say at this stage? Because there are so many unknowns. Presently, one of the issues that is currently going to determine whether I can stand or not is this investigation that I am being subjected to. And that could be an issue if it does eventuate and I... You know, hypothetically, if I get convicted, I cannot stand. But I would love uh, to continue to represent uh, people in as long as they endorse me, you know, if I add value to them. And I would love to serve. And I will be serving in the National Federation Party or standing in the National Federation Party if I'm given that opportunity. Mind you, uh, you know, um, standing is one matter. The other matter is getting elected. Uh, and that is more important. Uh, so, uh, right now, my, my interest is to stand, uh, you know, at least for one more term. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at myself, I'll be very honest with you, Patty. Uh, you know, I'm, 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 I'm not, uh, you know, the feet old colonel, you know, 20 years ago. I am, you know, I now, you know, the subject of, uh, you know, I've got my own condition and situation, how I want to live life now. But um, to the best of my physical ability, mental, psychological, yeah, I am ready to serve, you know, uh, in 2022 when that time comes. Um, sorry, I did not give you guys, see, I had uh, this... I was going to say that everyone is entitled to one question and one supplementary question. So, before, because I know there'll be a lot of people who want to ask me questions. So, Pate, you have another chance to have another go at another question at me. But, like you, uh, I would like to ask all the other participants tonight, please, uh, uh, before you um, you need before you ask me, you need to. Uh, you know, clearly state your real name, real name, you know, not your Twitter name, 
because I might have difficulty, you know, pronouncing some of your names. Uh, so, yeah, Pate, uh, if you have another supplementary question. Okay, uh, you said that you've been investigated. Can you say why you've been investigated? Thank you. Uh, my, I'm being investigated for a video that I put out uh, consequent to the uh, uh, Bill 17th of 2021, sub, uh, a consequential bill of the 2021-2022 uh, budget. And uh, I think most of you know what it is about. So I put out a video, I think an eight-minute video, and the contents of that video is the reason why I was investigated. So uh, that investigation has now, I believe, been complete. So I have not been called in now for one week. And the process is that when the CID finishes or the police are done with their work, then it goes to the office of uh, the director of public prosecution, who then decides whether I get charged or not, and then the ensuing process then continues to go. So right now I'm waiting, Pate. Um, and it was because of that, uh, because we post our opinion against Bill 17. Yeah. Uh, well, Pati, I believe that's uh, your second question, and um, I would like to invite uh, Tema Evans. Um, I believe she has a question for me. Tema? Um, hi, Honorable um, My name is Tema Botapa Evans, and I was um, I enjoyed your whole um, background introduction. Um, I was just wanting to know if your party does come into power next year after winning the elections, um, what will what changes can you bring up to Fiji, and what changes will your party bring up for the betterment of yeah of the nation? Uh -huh. Okay, uh, thank you so much. That is a very, very good question. The National Federation Party that I'm a member of uh, is, um, well, we call ourselves, we're the oldest party. We are more than 50 years old, eh? and the party is founded on a whole range of democratic principles and of good governance and all that. <laughs> by the forebearers and the the founders of the party. And I suppose that is what gives it its uniqueness, eh? The fact that it is a party that um, values, you know, espouses to the values of democracy and equality and, you know, of good governance and all the good words, you know? And right now... Um, There are a whole range of issues that uh, people have, uh, you know, with the current administration. And and a lot of it, you know, you have a number of uh, things that I will uh, perhaps, you know, raise to you as what the party would like to stand for. And um, one of which is, you know, better, better governance. Freedom is a big thing. Um, 
you know, fear is, it's just the fear of everything right now. People cannot exercise freely, you know, freedom as they know it, to be able to speak freely about issues that affect them. Um, economics, you know, we're really in a bit, in a quite a bad shape right now, you know the state of our economy, and we've been talking about that for a long, long time. So economic progress for us uh, is um, is a big issue because we need to create opportunities for people. You know, it's just not about, economic is not about government making money. It's the people strengthened enough to stand on their own to feed to be able to look after their families, you know. There's no point, you know, people making the money and giving it all to government as taxes. So... We want them to, you know, make their life. So that's the kind of economic progress that we want, you know, participation and all that. And education is a very, very big thing for us. We've been talking about that, you know, educated. Uh, well, I tell you what, we've just been told that Fijians, we are, you know, a bunch of uneducated people. Today in the business committee in Parliament, I said, well, my God, you know, something I cannot push because we are uneducated. And then... Um, you know, that, that speaks volume of how we are being led right now. So, uh, education, uh, one of the things in education, I tell you, which is very, very, I am very passionate about because I was brought through the Catholic education system that has played a very, very significant role, you know, of people in the past. And I would like to see a greater involvement now of the people that started these schools for the betterment of the people through their, the values that you know, these organizations are supposed to. This is one of the big things I want to to encourage in education. And, of course, formal education for everybody uh, into the future. So that's kind of a bit of a long, you know, runabout way of, uh, you know, what you can expect from us uh, uh, into the future. And I say us because NFP, we are a team. And um, uh, that is what we would like to advocate for in the future. And, uh, yeah, of course, your supplementary, my dear, uh, if you want to ask me a supplementary question. Thank you, Honorable Sikandondor, for that. Um, just a question to that was adding on from parties. You had mentioned that if you were all, you and the others that were taking this questioning are being, if, the, if you are convicted, can I ask what are the charges that are being held against you all? Okay, we're not clear. Um, we there is an allegation has been put to us that um, because of like for me, I'll speak for myself. Eh? I'll speak for myself here because of the video I had put out. I'm not sure if you'd watched it. Uh, it was the video in the it's okay, okay, uh, stating the party's position on Bill 17. Because of that and what I said in the video, it's called a certain level of anxiety, you know, and that's stirring up the people and that I, I have given a misinterpretation of the bill that is causing anxiety and then and, and, and that under the public amended public order act is an offense. So that's what I the allegation that has been thrown at me. And I believe similarly for everyone else, including my party leader, Professor Biman Pasad. Uh, who's being questioned because of the um, there was a release that we made in terms of the party's position on the bill and there were other people who were taken in as well from the different political parties but for me 
it is that uh, allegation that I've just said that the video that I put out, it's alleged that uh, I'm causing a certain level of anxiety amongst the community. And so, you know, that's, that's it. Okay, um, I would just like to, there's a question here um, uh, by uh, Pranesh uh, Shardanand. And uh, I'll just read the question for everyone's knowledge. Uh, sorry, because you know, I'm not so new, I'm, I'm new to Twitter. I don't know whether you guys are actually reading the question that he's sending me or not. So I'm going to read it for you. Uh, oh, he actually sent it to Abhinisa. So, Penisa, my question, MP Tungdundo talks fondly and often about raised by a single mom. If he would briefly share about his young days and challenges as a young man, a little about his mom who raised him. Vinaka. Wow. Okay. Um. Yeah, that's a bit of a mouthful, you know. It's not a very... Uh, uh, easy question to you know to answer. It's 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 a simple it's simple, but uh, yeah, obviously it's uh, quite emotional, you know, uh, and and I do not want to be um, okay. My my mother. My mother's name is uh, Siano, Siano Weber Ranandi. Um, <clears throat> she was just talking to a cousin today from, lives down the Gold Coast, and uh, she never, she, he, I mean, this cousin of mine didn't know at all that my mother had eight siblings, and they all died. Yeah, because my grandmother died at a very young age, and then uh, her dad, my grandfather Mosese, who's my son is named after, you know, raised her, and she raised me, and I was also raised with my mother. She passed away in 2014. Uh, she died of cancer. Um, raised me single-handedly, you know. Um, from when I was born in 1966. And um, yeah, she passed away after I became a minister of the state. So that's uh, quite, to me, a very remarkable achievement. She was a very, very simple lady. Poor, you know, two hands. I have another, I have a sister. And, um, you know, she, she raised us both. And my sister is challenged, you know, she is mentally challenged. I don't talk about these things pretty much, but because she asked about it. But I think it's important that, uh, you know, what it means for me, because then that's where I take, take, where I take my values from, you know, and I value, you know, I value mothers, you know. You will always find that I speak highly, uh, of the Sisters of Our Lady of Nazareth, who are in Wenibuku. Uh, not in Wenibuku, in Weloko. Yeah. 
because with their help, they raised me also. Eh? And throughout my whole life, from when I started school, 10 years in Natobi and two years at St. John's. You know, it's hard not to remember that. So I'm sorry, uh, you know, I don't know if I've asked, you know, answered your question. Um, essentially, she told me all the values I had. And, and I tell you at the time, because we were so simple, the simple life that, you know, I, I, um, I never aspired, I, mean, I never thought that I would be where I am because I always, all I wanted was to become, become a truck driver. Back then in, my, in the village, and, and I was raised in Nabunsole, so even though I'm from Delosui, I was raised in Nabunsole, and that's a long story in itself. So um, when we come to, you know, during the school holidays, you come and swim in the river, and we see all these Midland trucks on the dust road going from Subu to Lutoka carrying cargo. And that was such a big thing for me, and I wanted to be, you know, I wanted to be a truck driver. I wanted to try to drive that truck. That was all I aspired to as a young kid. And I remember when I began my career in the public service, there was an article, Panapasa, something from Fiji Times, did something on me, and the title of the article was uh, an unlikely truck driver. Because by then I was already a colonel, you see. But uh, yeah, I acknowledge my mother and my grandfather, who was my mentor. Um, and uh, perhaps because somebody asked me, you know, why do you, why do you do all these things, you know? And I said, well, I think it's perhaps reflective of my own upbringing. So that's it. I'll stop there. Um, um, sorry, who asked that question? Praneshi. Yeah. And thank you for that question. Sorry, I, I don't, I don't mean to be emotional, but it is very, uh, very, very emotional for me. You know. Uh, mm -mm. So Pranesh is listening. Uh, I'm not sure if you want to ask a supplementary question, but uh, I think for the moment I'll go to Maria. Maria, I think you're there. Bulwinaka uh, Maria. Maria, are you there? Yeah, whilst we're waiting for Maria, I think there's a... If anyone wants to ask the question. Oh, sorry, okay. My apology. Yeah, I'm listening, Maria. Yeah, I, I know perhaps Maria is trying to get her question together. Uh, if anyone else uh, would like to ask me a question.
Alfred? Such was such you, Alfred. Um, can you hear me? And uh, do you have a question for me? Um, yeah, I can hear you. Thank you. Okay. Um, so my question is, well, you've already mentioned um, how our economy has already taken um, a bit as a result of the, um, the pandemic. Uh, so the question is, what do you think the future is like for Fiji um, after this pandemic and how can we uh, recover? Naka. Yeah, not really, Alfred. Uh, Alfred, uh, the biggest the biggest asset and the biggest strength of Fiji is its people and our resilience. Eh? Um, we have come across so many difficult situations, both political, climatic, uh, economic uh, situations in the past. COVID right now is an unprecedented event. It has affected everybody. Um, and um, our collective resolve as a nation, as one people, I believe is the biggest strength that we have. Coupled by, you know, we need good leaders. We need people who can think out alternatives other than what we are, you know, that what we are doing right now. The measures government has put into place, particularly economics. But one thing I'll tell you, Alfred, though, which is I'm very passionate about this, and, and it's it's about people. COVID has really cost us in many ways. Unfortunately, um, that uh, there are certain segments, you know, of society in terms that have suffered as a consequence of COVID, may not you know, have suffered a little bit more, more than just losing a job, uh, more than ha having no money or no food. It is the psychological imperatives of this. And this is something that that we would like, I really would like to see this, uh, you know, to have dialogue around this, have people participate in this, because it has to be a solution that is inclusive of everybody, bearing in mind all of the, you know, the economic options that we can have, you know, growing our economy, getting the economy off the ground, bring back tourism, which was government is doing, you know, get our exports up and running again. Uh, so these are the normal things that would happen in reviving, you know, the economy, getting our finances back on par and, you know, getting us, uh, you know, trading again on the world market. But unfortunately, as, you know, right now, I believe, that a lot of emphasis has been put in that regard in terms of the economic recovery, but it, it tends to forget that people are suffering in the process. So only when the people get better and are allowed to participate themselves in the recovery process as people, then I think that we will have a fuller and perhaps a more, uh, you know, a stronger nation to, to overcome COVID. Now, COVID is going to stay with us for a long time, Alfred. Unfortunately, that will be is the case. So 
We need a resilient people so that we can have a resilient economy, creating the opportunities for our people to get back on track. And, and I think that's the way to go. Um, sorry, that's kind of a really long about way trying to answer your question. And you may ans uh, ask another question, Alfred, if you wish. Um, um, so I have a question here from one of the other listeners. Um, so the question was um, uh, that Fiji used to be considered um, the Singapore of the Pacific. Um, and so the question was, do you think we'd ever be able to be considered that again? And if so, um, how? Naka? Well, Singapore, I'm not sure with how many people have ever been to Singapore and what Singapore is about. I believe in a genuine democracy. Okay, It's not only economic opportunities. It is an expression that has been used by many. It's been used by many. Like I tell you, uh, Alfred, a love of free people. Nothing better than a free people. Yes, you can have all the money in your pocket, but if you're not free to use it willingly as you please, then uh, unfortunately for me, that is not the best way to go. Um, but you're asking me about Singapore, I don't think we're anywhere close to Singapore in anything at all. I mean, similar comparisons have been made that we can be better than Australia and New Zealand, and I don't want to go there, uh, buddy. So I trust in our people. Fiji, you know, Pope John Paul said in, when he came in 1987, Fiji the way the world should be, a symbol of hope in the world. That's who we are. We do not have to be like anyone else because we are Fijians, everyone living in this land, born of this motherland. Um, yeah, and, and, and I'm a patriot, you know. I, I believe in Fiji. I do not want to be like anyone else. I want to be a Fijian like what a Fijian should be. How about you, uh, Alfred? Like I said. Maria? Uh, now, Ali Walford, um, I would like to invite Maria, if you're there. Okay, perhaps uh, Maria is not quite ready, and I might take her question later, but Kelvin, are you there? Um, um, hello. Yes, I can hear you, Kelvin. Cool. Thank you, Mr. Tikandodo. Um, so uh, my question basically is about, uh, I think we cannot get past, uh, you know, uh, cannot have a Q&A without the mention of uh, 2006. So the first question basically is, what was what role did you play in the 2006 coup? And do you regret being part of the Fiji First government? Okay, thank you. Um, short answer to that, uh, short answer, I, I did not... Um, I did not participate in the 2000 coup, uh, meaning the, the actual takeover of the government, because I was in Australia. I joined government in April of 2007. And that's when I became a public servant. Uh, public servant, uh, of course, an, an active RFMF officer, uh, being permanent secretary for justice, and later on as PSPMO, and, and I had later had to resign my position. So. Um, you know, I, I stayed the whole term of the military government. I left the Fiji First Party. I want to make that quite clear. 
I left the Fiji First Party as a political party. It's led by, um, you know, our current prime minister. And um, I, I do not regret the fact that I left. It was a conscious decision that I made. Um, and I left it for the reasons that I left the party with. And I went out and now I'm at, you know, I'm, I'm joined NFP. Um, and, uh, yeah, and that was 2006, eh? Mm. Yeah, um, sorry. Yeah, yeah, you can ask me another question. Sorry, I stopped there because I, I just tried to answer the question. Yeah. Said, yeah. Cool. Yeah, no worries. Um, so uh, I guess just a quick follow-up is, you know, you are a military man and you know it's place in Fijian society. So it seems that, you know, the first coup happened in 1987 and until now uh, some of us were not born then and now, you know, so many years, more than 30 years after we're still talking about the coup culture, etc., so how do we get past, uh, in your view, how do we get past this coup culture? Thank you. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, <clears throat> this is not a... There is no simple answer around it. This is... Uh, okay, let me say what I... Uh, let me say this for a status. I do not wish any more coup to happen in Fiji for whatever reason whatsoever. Okay. I in 87 I witnessed the coup of uh, 87 because I was a court officer then. I was on one side of government building when government was being taken. And everyone is saying, coup, coup, coup. And I said, oh, what's a coup? I absolutely never heard the word before. And of course, 2000, um, I was here. And then 2006, I was away. But we must, we must reject, we must reject any process of attaining leadership of our nation other than by the ballot box and by a free and fair process. That needs to be respected by everybody. Everybody. The will of the people needs to be respected. We need to grow. I don't think, we've, I don't think we have grown enough in that regard. Uh, we, our people, we need to grow into the process of democracy and understanding how these things work. If we do not like something within the term of a government, then you need to work at it at the end, and that's how to, to resolve it. Okay, there are entrenched issues amongst our community, and without doubt, that has continuously prevailed within a political space. Race is a big one. And, and race, you know, is an issue that we have to get over. We must get over. The issue is that we, Fiji is the state, and everyone that is here in Fiji today, and I'm talking to you now, Pio Tugundondua, eh, is a member of, you know, of this country, a citizen of Fiji, respectively. And that is something that we need to grow into, and, um, and we must then respect the process whereby a, 
a government is elected and it needs to serve its term. I do not, you know, I do not wish for another coup to happen and I do not want it and I will not support it. Sorry, I hope I've answered your question. Uh, thank you. Thank you, uh, Mr. Tikandondo. Yeah. I appreciate your response to my questions. Thank you. Nabalevo. Um, Simeli, you're there? I believe Simeli is there. Bulunaka, sir. Simeli. Bulunaka. My name is uh, Malni Simeli, Turangani Rutuma. Thank you very much for having this space. <laughs> and thank you for... Thank you for hearing the voice of the people. Um, in a follow-up to the question that Kelvin asked, with regards to the local culture, thank you for that answer. I wanted to inquire as to the plans that your party would have with regards to leading the nation and what information, computing technology um, what elements of it is involved in your plans because no one seems to have addressed it previously and it was something that as a former civil servant um, something that Fiji used to be the leaders of before the coup um, before decisions in 2010 were made Fiji was actually leading ICT in the Pacific outside of Australia New Zealand that has changed drastically with a lot of the government decisions and I'm wondering if, uh, oh, I'm sorry, I'm just asking what your plans are, with what the plans are for the party with regards to leading the nation in the use of IT technology. Oh, okay. Okay, so the use of ICT, eh? information technology, yes. yeah, okay. It is, let me say it is an essential element of, um, you know, of any governance for that matter from it does not have to be about government uh, meaning like national government eh? uh, information technology and all that uh, is uh, critical and essential to every level of governance from from its lowest up until the government but um, <clears throat> it is unavoidable i must tell you uh, this is something that it is a field that continuously develops we need uh, any government and you know a national federation party government, uh, uh, you know, uh, will want to be as current as possible within our means to be able to use the latest of any technology in the world, not because the rest of the world is using it, but because it is essential for us to use it for our own development. Eh? And it's out there as much, uh, as many, um, and we will continue to enhance that. I mean, uh, um, Obviously, technology changes every day, and we would like to provide the best technology for the use of our people, particularly, you know, for their family. And it needs to be, it needs to take it right down to that level. Eh? It needs to be for the use of the family. I mean, now look at it. Um, I'll just use a very simple example. Kids are out of school. There have been many policies about technology, tablet one tablet per person. Okay, good ideas. No one ever really picked up on it. Now we're all virtual. I'm talking to you, you know, from my party setup. 
to be able to come to you much better. This is all technology. I don't have an earpiece like my Tawala Pati saying, you know, it told me, get an earpiece so you can hear properly. I'm hearing you very well on a speaker, on a Bluetooth speaker that is in front of me. Okay, so, yes, if there are aspirations about technology, it is the way forward, and I can tell you, an NFP government coming in, that will be a very, very essential element of our governance of Fiji when we lead. Yeah. Thank you. Do you have a supplementary question as well? Yes, my supplementary question is, what's your favorite activity that you like to do in your personal time? Can I laugh? We'll laugh with you, sir. Uh, okay. What do I do? Um, okay, apart from hanging around with Apanisa, um, that's actually could give me a lot of headache. In my free time, I would love to stay at home. Yeah. And uh, um, also... Um, I send as much money as I can to my daughter in Taiwan who's in uni there so that I can use her Netflix account to watch the movie. And I hate my son who is with me because he keeps chewing the battery of my laptop watching Netflix. And I, you know, so... But I love watching movie in my own time and spending time with my family. Uh, that, that essentially is the, my, my favorite pastime, to be at home with my wife and my children. Thank you. I'm uh, just looking at some messages on some tweets that are sending questions to me, and I'll read this for you. This is from uh, PK at Nomad, Nomad FJ. Okay, how do you navigate your identity, faith, and values, which are usually considered a part of one's private sphere, in politics and governance, which are considered more public spaces? Hashtag Peer Speaks, uh, I think that was sent through Apanisa. Okay, faith and... Uh, Faith and radio usually considered as one private sphere in politics and governance. Um, PK, sorry, what's it? I don't have your, um, your, your real name. Um, but um, PK is the name of an uncle, Paulo Kombo Kombo. Um, so I uh, don't think you are. Faith to me, uh, PK, faith to me is a public matter. Okay, because. Um, one needs to be able to demonstrate the essence of their faith and be respected publicly. Uh, it is not something I believe that, uh, uh, for instance, uh, uh, you know, there are symbolisms of faith, and every religion practices that faith publicly and demonstrate it, whether it be, you know, Hinduism, uh, Islam, you know, with their mosques, public. That is a public demonstration of faith. Uh, there's big celebrations like Diwali. 
in the Hindu faith. That is a public demonstration of faith. Likewise, uh, like Catholic, I am a Catholic myself, and uh, um, there are Catholic symbols in the way that I portray my faith. And I, as much as I can, you know, would like to, you know, to resemble and practice my faith in the way that I practice my own life and also the way I play, that I practice my politics, even though that can be challenging sometimes. Um, so my guidance, my faith, I'm a Catholic, uh, a Roman Catholic, Christian. In politics, which is currently uh, the work that I do, uh, you know, for the... Um, uh, uh, serving the people. One of my biggest um, guidelines is the public, uh, the Catholic social justice teachings. I use that as a guide in terms of how, you know, I'm, how I do my work and how I stand up, you know, the moral conviction to be able to stand up for what I believe to be the truth. Uh, and even if I have to suffer for it, you know, as a consequence and so and and I will continue stand for that because for me it is almost uh, it is a moral obligation that I should stand uh, and speak for those who have no voice and that's essentially part of my faith. Um, I am a Vincentian, uh, you know, uh, inspired by the teachings of Saint Vincent de Paul and which administers to the poor. And um, you know, we talked about my mother earlier on. You know, she was a poor woman. You know, we were a poor family. And I would like to reflect that in my politics as well. And, and I'm glad I'm in NFP because that is a place where we reach out to, you know, we have a special place for family and they're not so fortunate, you know, within the considerations of the party and its values, as well as looking after all other aspects of our community. So, yeah, there you go. That's, that's uh, PK, that's uh, in answer to your question um, about me, my faith which I believe is a public issue and, and needs to be people need to be given the opportunity to practice that publicly too. Okay, I think we have a... Um, um, we have a, a, um, a question from um, Penyet, I believe. Sorry if I have pronounced your name wrongly. Uh, Penyet, are you there? Bolivinaka, uh, Honorable MP. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, have I got uh, your name wrong? No, no, that's that's uh, my wife. I, unfortunately, my phone is not working uh, well right now. So uh, my name is Isireli Volada. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Um, my question uh, is around uh, what are your plans or future aspirations for youth engagement or youth representation within the party in the lead up to the 2022 election? Or how does NFP plan to address the needs of the youth, um, noting that the youth population do make up a great percentage of the national population um, in issues such as housing, employment, uh, and education, and how all of these issues affect us. Thank you. Yo, Mr. Bulada. Um, firstly, let me say, I, I don't necessarily always aspire to the statement that the youth are our future. 
I believe more that the youth is out today uh, because their involvement in today, because they have to determine the world that they will live in in the future. And we, we are a very big fan. The National Federation Party, if you see the three of us, uh, Professor Biman Posad, Lenore Ngarangara Tambu and I, I mean, most of you will, uh, you know, only see us in Parliament. But the NFP that you do not see, that we represent in the House in terms of the vigor of how we, you know, the passion that we do, our presented party in Parliament to the public, there's a lot of that is about youth. We have a lot of youth working behind the scenes that help us. I'm very fortunate, and, and I can tell you here, I'm on, I've been dragged really to Twitter by youth. And I value that a lot. And as an NFP as a party and a government in waiting, and like I said earlier, that we believe that the youth is the today that determines, helps them determine their own future. Because, you know, we the old folks, old folks like me, you know, will be ending very soon. Okay, so... We need to create this space right now that they want to control for the future, whether it be political, economic, socio-economical, and every other matter. It has to be, uh, it has to be, um, you know, the fresh breath of youth needs to be into it. Of course, all folks like us, like me, you know, have the benefit of experience. So that is really for guiding the youth and on helping them with the best advice that they can, providing the opportunities. I mean, somebody asked about ITC, you know, information technology and computer. These are all computer spaces. We want to build, you know, a democratic nation whereby youth now can be heard freely in a free state so that they can decide what they want for themselves by way of opportunity into the future. Okay, It is not about me, like as an old folk or, you know, to many old parliamentarians and, and old everybody trying to say what is best for youth. Okay, so but the party is going that way. We have a youth wing, and I can assure you that uh, we have a youth wing that not only uh, you know is a follower, but is at the lead, leading edge of what the party is doing right now, creating the opportunities for the future. And, um, and like I'm telling you, I'm coming to you tonight because of youth because of NFT youth that have helped me, you know, uh, to come out better to you today. Uh, that is the level of participation. We are listening, we are hearing, and uh, we want to give them that space so that they lead today and then they go forward tomorrow. Not we telling them today what they should do tomorrow, but how they want to plan their tomorrow from what they do today. I mean, I, I, I think you can sort of uh, get what I'm trying to get to here. And that is the value that we have for youth. And of course, yes, our youth definitely, you know, will be the leaders of tomorrow, but the youth is out today. Do you have a supplementary question uh, as well in relation to that question you've just asked? No, sir, thank you so much. Okay, Navalev. Okay, I, uh, I, I have a question here from, uh, from Avnil Narayan.
Oh, sorry, I believe he has gone. So I uh, also there is another question. Sorry, I'm I'm really new to this thing. If I'm delaying you, I'm sorry. I hope I'm not being a nuisance. Eh? I, the question is. Uh, Okay, so I said, uh, not sure what your name is. There is a picture of a first. Oh, feast. Okay, would you, would you like to ask a question? So I do not know what your name is. Uh, picture of a feast. Uh, sorry, say that again, please. My apology. You're coming in with a bit of distortion. I can't hear you. Uh, I can't hear you properly. So when you responded to the first uh, first question, you you mentioned that uh, there are a lot of uh, unknowns, and for someone like me. And I believe there's a section of the community that uh, also feel the same way. We, it's like we, we do not know what's going to happen. But uh, for someone like you, who've uh, worked closely with the Prime Minister and uh, someone who has a military background, what are some of the scenarios we can most likely see if the result of next year's election does not go in their favor. Yeah, um, it's, it's a bit of a hypothetical question, trying to second guess what's going to happen in the future. So, um, Right now, we can only talk about the today and now. So as to avoid that question you are asking me. And um, what we want right now, and people are trying to find the space to be able to express themselves. And I think this is the biggest thing in Fiji today. I mean, um, we as politicians are being taken in, you know, for expressing our views and for express doing our job. Huh? Okay. So, I, I don't see this government coming back to power. I don't want to see them in power. But you know, Taute, that is totally dependent on you. I told the lady and uh, Donna, to, you know, sorry, I was buying bread. I came back from the border to uh, um, Hot Bread Kitchen. 
nam do bolman rembak me bunom bola burup tau enda yes me away are we and i told him well i told her rather i said you you know the events of the past where we the political leaders have been taking in you know trying to voice as much as possible the voice of the people in a restricted space you know you know we speak about the tyranny of the majority in the parliament always the use of numbers to write you know everything through through standing order 51 not consulting not everything now we the people have an opportunity at the elections to change this let us use that opportunity that right that we have when the exercise stuck in the ballot box and exercise that right and you know in this current space that uh, you know i tell you from what i'm hearing and everything there is so much discontentment you know about what is happening okay if we all vote to stop this government returning into power there is no concern there is no reason to worry as far as i can tell you what uh, so let's not worry about tomorrow let's worry about what we can do now and what we can do now is make the right decision exercise your right freely i support your right to exercise your right freely and you know judging from how i'm hearing you tonight you do not have very high favors of this government so let's vote them out i mean i said that in my video i got into trouble for it but hey that is life you know that's part of my job that's part of the risk i take so let's vote them out uh, do you have a supplementary question though Look, I believe I've nearly back. I've little Ryan, are you there? Uh, your question, please, sir. My question just goes back to your moral obligations, eh? uh, your judgments in which uh, you uh, set the work that you do. I guess uh, in the last few days, I've seen on Twitter, um, but uh, people just how they were a bit, um, you know, they suspect that you are just not a politician that's, uh, you know, that making use of what uh, people are feeling at the moment. Um, 
as as someone that had as government, you know, maybe we can explain why. What was your motivation? Uh, uh, what oh. made you? Leave? Oh, you know, I'm. Tony, what's that? You, you, you're coming across broken. I, I, I can barely make uh, understand what you were saying. Can you, uh, can, can, can you maybe repeat your question? Maybe you know. A bit more short of while galaga. Ni ni zabutanga ba kete libu me bos bos teke ba kete libu. Okay, so uh, so I guess my question is um, on your uh, moral grounds and like why was it that you were with Fiji first knowing full well uh, what you know and uh, what you witnessed in the party. That's not something new to everyone. You know, we've we all witnessed it and we all know the type of leadership that exists in that party. So what made you join them in the first place? Uh, and secondly, what was your motivation to leave? Uh, and my second question, I guess, is just on um, you know new new things. Because there's been a lot of comments made on youth wings and how they've just been there to just provide tea for those, but you know, for, uh, for the older people in the party, uh, they are seen as cannon fodder, so to speak. Uh, as to policies, you know, they are just used uh, for their views on policies, but they are never really engaged in the main part process. They are always seen as uh, outside. Uh, um, so, uh, maybe we can uh, just address those uh, two questions, please. And maybe we can address the dialect, please. Okay, so, then there's something I may love, which I can give you what's about Tilly. No, but really, thank you. Um, Okay, Pio and Fiji First. Eh? Okay, it's um, Fiji First and Pio uh, is um, eight months, I think. Eh? Yeah, eight months from when I contended the I contested the election on the party. Uh, I resigned eight months later. So my association with Fiji First is quite very, very short. Very short. And I left it. Um, but maybe that because your question was directed more towards me joining Fiji First. But I will let me but let me tell you, I'll, I'll go a little bit further. Why did I join the military government of Warangabain um, Murama? Okay. I uh, <clears throat> I was in Canberra on the 5th of December when the 2006 coup happened. There was a big dilemma. I was fighting my family. My wife was fighting me about coming back to Fiji. But obviously, I mean, we came you know, you were in Australia. You know, we have things lined up. I could have got a job with the Australian Defence Force. And, and, and I admit that I had already started that process. 
and it was going really well. And I, you know, I was I excelled in my studies at the University of um, you know um, New South Wales, and uh, also at the Australian Defence College. But at the end of the day, I decided to come back to Fiji, and it was. And I'll tell you why I came back. It was really not out of my own persuasion, but because of the mentoring of what uh, my mentor told me. And, and my mentor is an Australian priest. He now is retired in Atobi. His name is Alan Finn. Okay, Father Alan Finn. Came to Fiji in 1964. And um, he's more than almost 70 years a priest now. No, no, he told me one thing. So I wasn't sure whether I should come back to Fiji. I'm sorry if this is going to be kind of a narrative telling you the story about, you know, eventually joining Fiji first. So I was in Canberra, and I called him, and I said, you know, Father, I'm, I met this dilemma. Family don't want me to come back to Fiji, but I feel I should come back. And then this is what he told me. He said, you know, Pio, there's one thing I know, and he's an Australian, he said, there's one thing I know, Australia doesn't need you, Fiji does. So as soon as when he told me that, I packed up and I came back. And the second part to what he told me, he said, come back and be the soft voice. So I have tried very hard. So that was why the reason why I came back and did not resign. And I, you know, that was the reality of the matter. The reality is that the military was in power. And we had to make a choice, walk away or try to help. I tried to help. I left the comfort of Australia and I came back. And, and I tried my best to help RFMF at the time that was the government. But one thing, there's a lot of people, Tau, I will tell you for sure. I had participated, I had led a government initiative which was called the Roundtable with United Nations Development Programme. And that involved most of, you know, Fiji civil society and everyone that is, was anti-government to try and get Fiji back to parliamentary democracy. And that was, I tell you, my biggest effort. And I'm glad I succeeded. I mean, it, I succeeded in as much as I can, even though it was, you know, in 2014, so many years later. But I'm glad I was. But when I went in, I, you know, I kind of expected that we were going to be a democracy. And unfortunately, we weren't. So I left all of that. That's why I left. I left my job. I left my ministerial job. I left my ministerial salary at the time. It was sitting on 230000 a year. And I decided to go. So um, that is the reason I left, you know. The reason I joined, because I thought that those promises at the time in terms of, you know, genuine democracy would be ideal. Unfortunately, I realized very early that that was never going to be, and of course it still has not been. So, uh, long answer, I tend to have forgotten the second part of, uh, you know, the question that you asked me. Uh, why I joined Fiji first? I guess um, 
my second uh, part of the question was based on youth wings eh? oh. uh, how, uh, yeah, and, and how they often just seen as uh, not just uh, uh, but there's no real meaningful engagement eh? uh, free prior informed engagement that can happen with young people and not only as young people as uh, sort of to feed into your manifesto yeah. but also young people to stand and to contest yeah. I think I'll start by you know with NFP and youth in the during the 2018 general elections NFP fielded the youngest um the youngest um, um, well, contestant. Oh, sorry, sorry, not youngest contestant, youngest candidate, um, candidate youth in um, Mr. Abanisa Watunibeboke. That is how much emphasis that, uh, and I think that is a very big reflection of how why we value youth, and we want more. And I tell you what, Tau. The more the youth, the merrier, and a very good excuse for all folks like me to live. You know, remember I told you earlier, the youth is out today because they need to determine their tomorrow. Yes, we can mentor at the side, but yes, we have done it in 2018. We would like youth to come again, particularly now in 2022, uh, next general election. So if you are a good youth, you would like to stand for today and defend your tomorrow in your democracy? Please tell us. We will be happy to include you in our list of candidates that we would like to interview. Akon bagay atawe? Okay, uh, perhaps in this order, and I'll probably you're all listening, uh, I'll take, uh, I know, Abneel, you, you, you've been elusive, mate. Uh, I think I've called your name so many times, but I will keep calling you until I can get you. So, Abneel followed by Dylan and then Ben Derretta in that order. One question and one supplement. Thank you. Abneel, are you there? We have uh, also uh, Dylan. Um, is, is Dylan there? Uh, Dylan, um, your question, please, uh, sir. Hi, President. Uh, actually, I don't I have a question. I was just wanting to chime in on the youth thing, um, but I'm just gonna. Um, I'm just gonna leave. <laughs> you think you answered it well? Um, thank you, President. Okay, um, Dylan, um, you called me president, so I have to introduce you, for fairness. That, uh, ladies and gentlemen, that is uh, Mr. Dylan Kava. Um, he's Tongan, but he's full-fledged Fijian from Lotoka, an active member of NFP Youth, and he's one of, I can tell you, a valued member of NFP, and you can be like Dylan Cover. 
you know, part of us. Uh, Dylan is a youth, and I can tell you, like all our NFP youth, with NFP, you know, they are not hangers-on. They are our bosses, I can tell you for sure. Meaning they determine the way that NFP goes, because that's how we respond to it. So, thank you, Dylan. Uh, I believe we have another... Um, uh, better, I believe. Uh, hang on, let me just check this. Uh, yeah, Bendavetta. So, Ruben, are you there? Um, your question, please. Yes, sir. Uh, firstly, I um, would like to congratulate you for becoming the first MP to use a Twitter space. Uh, so, for this platform, so uh, I'd just like to congratulate you for that. Um, so my question is, like, what are your views on political parties or leadership having successive plans? This has been a problem for me, in, in my view, has been a problem for Fiji pre- and post-independence. So, like, when the late Turangatala Isambale passed on, there was no succession. The late founding father, Atumara, passed on, there was no succession. Um, I understand the Federation Party too, uh, history, uh, struggled with it after the passing of Mr. A.D. Patel. And and then for me, with the, with the political party that I'm with, which is Sodelpa, which is success of SDL, after the passing of PM Garcia, there is no successor. And, and, and even with what's been happening with the current political environment, this seems to um, continue with a lack of su successive plans. Um, so, like, again, when the baton is passed from the incumbent and those that have already been trained or molded to take over in the future. So I, I would just like to know your take, uh, if this is something that... Uh, political parties or political leadership uh, should consider. That's just my question for the night, sir. Naka. Yeah, okay, Ben, Bulibunaka, and I thank you. Thank you for a very, yeah, very good question. Eh? Succession. Um, two words succession is essential. Succession is essential. Any leadership of Whatever organization, be that it is political, a church, government, um, Vanua, must do succession planning. Okay. Because so much we say, I mean, uh, you know, earlier on, Ben, today I've been talking about, you know, I'm, I'm a firm believer of, you know, people say, well, the youth is our future. I say the youth is out today. That's the best form of succession planning that could ever happen. Because when you involve youth today, that means they become better leaders when they actually lead, particularly first their own families. You know, political parties uh, perhaps one of the last consideration because you're talking about national. So, when good parents mentor their children, sons and daughters, to become good parents themselves, then we will have a good society. 
Likewise, we can follow it. So for faith, good church leaders always, you know, look at succession within their own organization so that the faith continues to exist. Likewise, any other. Now, um, yeah, you used examples about Turangatari Tambali. I'm, I'm not sure if I agree with you there, um, um, uh, Ben. Turangatali, I think he, 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 he made sure Ratumara was ready for his time because he saw them all, you know, Ratumara, Ratumaneya, and all the other chiefs. Um, and, um, and later on, okay, this is uh, depending on um, which person you speak to, um, you know, they've got their own uh, uh, interpretation about how, you know, our leaders pre-independence and, you know, taking us into post-independence, whether they actually put people. Now, one, uh, I, 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 and, and, and I, tend, I, I beg to differ also, I believe like in, in, in NFP, um, you know, from reading through the history, there was very good success in planning as well. Okay, it was assumed naturally, I don't, uh, maybe, that he actually selected Ratumara to become the future leader. But because of the very nature, you know, like for, like for a party like NFP, that there are many good people that, you know, that divide, you know, from after A.D. Patel, there was S.M. Koya, there was Harry Sharma, there was Jerem Reddy. Okay, this was well within, because it was a well-structured party, it was able to determine this leadership as its own. So, you know, it had constitution, different committees. Now, unfortunately, Ben, I cannot comment on the other parties because, um, you know, I'm purely because I, 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 I lack, uh, you know, enough knowledge to be able to pass a comment on it. Uh, you know, you're referring me to, to Sadelpa as a successor for SDL, and then, and then I'm sure, uh, you know, that is going on at the moment. And, um, but whatever, whatever the argument, I'll tell you, Ben, that, you know, I'll go back to my first statement. Succession is essential, you know. There is this organization right now in Fiji that's having a really, really bad succession planning. I can tell you absolutely this for sure. Because it's recruiting and it keeps numbers of people that are well over 55, 60, some over their 70, still in this organization that is supposed to have a restricted age to a particular job. Unfortunately, that has not really worked, so it's quite struggled in that regard. So I'm saying best solution, let the youth have an influential, if not a decisive role in any organization. Politiki, Vanua, Lotus, Ematintu. And then I can say if you train youth, then we will have a good future. And that's the best way I believe succession planning can happen. Because right now, if you're trying to, you know, the current, the current way that we are, you, you try to favor somebody, then you'll be, you know, uh, pulled up for favoritism or nepotism in many different places, huh? you know, for equality and all that, because we encourage the environment for everybody to participate freely and then show their best. So involve youth 
and I'm sure we will be okay in the future. Um, I'm sure that will be also for every other space that's having a problem with succession. Sorry, Ben. Uh, ben, you have a supplementary question. Make it a short one because I've tried to answer your question a very long one. Okay, thank you so much, Ben. Thank you so much. Okay, um, real guru, Pasik. Right, I believe you have a question. Um, uh, would you like to ask your question now? Um, good evening, sir. Good evening, sir. Um, so my name is Manoa, um, and I'm from Rama. Oh, Manoa. Are you, Manoa, are you real guru, Pasik, too? No, no, it's just a character I liked on the last uh, uh, event. It's cartoon. Oh, sorry. Excuse my ignorance. But when, when I say real Guru Pasik, I'm actually referring to Manoa. Because you are Manita, you are, you are forgiven for my confusion. Um, so just my first question, sir. Um, I, I just joined recently and I, uh, I joined him on, the, uh, on that part where you were talking about you were in Canberra during the 2006 events. And one of the things that I picked up was how being like a friend of yours said that you had to return to Fiji because quote unquote Fiji needed you. So uh, my apologies, but like I'm really critical on those kind of statements because from what I've seen with the current leadership and how they continue to justify their 2006, what, what they did in 2006, was because you know it was more like a um, like a general good kind of thing, like moral grounding, right? And I know you also talked uh, extensively on the power of voting and putting the power in people's hands, right? So I guess my question would be on the ideological side: What would you, or probably you and your party, sir, do to ensure that your rule is? you know, what your friend said in 2006 would be different from what our current government is doing. Did you, did you get what I, what I was trying to get to? Okay, so, uh, okay, I, I'm just, I'm, I'm trying to, re to re restate the question back to you. So you, you made a mention of, um, you know, like my mentor telling me to come to Fiji for the reason that you gave me. Uh, again, you know, like on the moral side and all that, and given what has happened, so you are asking me now that I'm with NFP going forward. Uh, what is your question? Yeah, now that you're with NFP going forward, yes. and given that with your words of the mentor of your, of your mentor, yes, how would your approach be any different from the current current regime with the current government now? Yes. Oi, okay. 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 Mano, is it? Oi, okay, Nita. Okay, let me. It's. it's um, your question is um, is a very good question, and I thank you. Nabaliwo for that question. Okay. Let me put things into perspective. I was trying very hard not to come back to Hiji. If you will get me, eh? A coup has just happened in 2006. 
I've been studying in the top military college of the Southern Hemisphere, and that is in the Australian Defence College. All the best principles of what a professional military is supposed to be, as in the Australian Army, and the role of a military in a democracy. And then there's been just a coup in Fiji. And my wife, as I told you, is trying to get me to stay in Australia for all the opportunities for my children and everything. Eventually, this old man, and I I don't know whether I have to hate him or keep punching, you know. Every time I see him, I have so much respect for him. But he told me to come back. And I tell you, Manuaneta, without hesitation, I came back because of the logic he gave me. He said there is so much hardness in Fiji, come and be the soft voice. That is why I came back. Okay? This is, I'm telling you, this is an Australian who came and has lived in Fiji for 60 years. Okay? So I came back. That means I came back in good faith. And I've always tried to maintain that as much as possible, but it was very difficult under the circumstances, you know. And eventually I had to leave. I had to leave Fiji first in 2006. Sorry, in 2015. Uh, Neta, I have not lost, I have not lost a single word of what, you know, Father Ellen Finn told me. I continue to want to be the soft voice to cause this change, meaning, this is what I mean, this change cannot happen with me alone. I can only play a part. And it's not, not so easy, okay? Because sometimes playing a soft voice means you know what to say and when not to say, and you get criticized for it as well. And I take that, you know, um, openly, with eyes wide open. But I have not changed in that, and I will continue. And I said earlier, I don't know if you were listening from the beginning, I say, you know, my political life ends, um, at least this current uh, phase, finishes next year for 12 months. So I want to be meaningful as much as I can that helps the people of Fiji to make a good choice for this nation in the future. That's the soft voice I am talking about. Even if through that, I may not be able to come back into parliament. So and I'm like, I'm, I'm with Twitter, I'm new. I'm endeavoring on this process and, you know, like I'm stumbling as I go, learning new language, writing my tweets, you know, as an essay or as an email. But these are all part of this determination, being part of the soft voice. Because you need to listen, leaders need to listen, and leaders need to listen more. And that is why I will continue. I'm not going to do anything differently, except that I will advocate it a whole lot more further. You know, um, enhancing, you know, in the answer to a question I gave earlier, I'm sorry, I've forgotten who it was, what NFP is going to do, okay? This whole issue of freedom to me is so essential, you know? As a soldier, as an officer, freedom is essential. Because that's what we swear our life to uphold, the integrity and the freedom of the people. So I, I'm not going to do anything different, Manoa. Uh, I pledge uh, that much for whatever that is, you know, left of my political career right now. I, I'll continue to do that. And uh, if the people of Fiji, at the end, you know, if um, 
you know, NSP is good enough to offer me a ticket in 2022. Hopefully they will have that, um, you know, confidence in me to continue this, this journey that I have taken since the day I came back to Fiji, uh, you know, without any question, you know, after Father Finn asked me to come back. Thank you. So, um, probably just a subsequent uh, question. Um, I'm not sure if, if uh, this space has addressed it, but I'm, uh, as with everyone in this um, space, I'm also critical of the military influence and presence, particularly in our parliamentary, in, in our parliament. So, and, and I also asked the same question to Dr. Biman um, when he had his session with the Oblong table. But I wanted to get your stance on it, particularly when you were, you sir, were also, um, you also part of the military. So, in in your stance, right? Would you look at decreasing the size and the influence of the military, or would you take a more, um, how should I say, like a whole new process where the military roles reflect those of the twenty first century? Sorry, uh, uh, are you done? Is that uh, your question um, um, later, Mano? Oh, are you okay? Thank you. Okay, thank you. Um, let, um, I'll be very frank with you. Um, maybe frank is not a good word to use to be frank with you. Um, I'll, I'll be as honest as I can with you in terms of my view. I am a professional military officer um, and the military in my view has a role. It is subservient to civil power, full stop. Okay. We have a challenge though, under the 2013 constitution, it gives the RFMF a greater role and that you have seen. Uh, being acted out on many fronts. I'll give you one example. When Ratu Apanisa was about to be um, um, installed as the Wunivalu of Mbau, Kumbuna, soldiers went to Mbau. And I was a big, I criticized that, you know, till the four corners of the forces because I completely disagreed with it. However, the answers to that critic is that, you know, that is their role under the constitution, which I do not agree. The role of the professional military is to be subservient to civil power. It is subservient to parliament. That is the role. That is the role of the Australian military. That is the role of the New Zealand military. That is the role of the Defence Forces of the United Kingdom, such as it is also the, the United States, the big democracies of the world. And India, also, as an example. I want that role. I'll make no two bones about it. That's the role that I want. It is fixed in the Constitution. 
Unfortunately, I do not believe that that is there for the RFMF. That is actually there for completely different intention. Now that time will tell. But if you're asking me, Naita, Manoa, I want the RFMF to assume the legitimate role of any defense force in a democratic nation in the world, and that is to be subservient to civil power, and that it subjects itself to the rule of civil power. If the civil power says that it has to realign itself because of its role, then it has to realign. Irrespective, uh, depending on what the government of the day wants it to be, because it is fluid. Uh, you know, people give the military, the military, you know, I'm, I'm a colonel myself. I love being a, you know, being a soldier. I wanted to be a soldier. I wanted to be a professional soldier. Which means that there is a limit to what I can do. But that has been breached continuously. We have breached a lot of confidence and trust in our people. And I'll say that honestly, you know, with eyes wide open. And I want to change that. I want to bring back a professional military force that is consistent with its role in a democracy like Fiji. And the underlying principle is that military rule, military... You know, the role of the military is subservient to civil power, which means the government of the day that the people have elected, that is their role, they give orders to the military, and it's not the other way around. And you, uh, I, mean, I heard what you said earlier, because, you know, what you are implying about the role of the military in today's government. Okay, so... You know, that is a matter of perception. You know, if you ask the government, they probably say that there is no there is no influence. But you are entitled to what you believe. But, you know, I'm schooled in this way. You know, perception is fact. Perception is what the truth. So that is what I would do. That is what I would do. I will make, if I am able to do, if I'm still in power and I become the government, that the military in Fiji, which is the RFMF, is going to become subservient to civil power. Legitimately. Legitimately, and that is essential. Thank you. I hope I've answered your question. Would you have a supplementary question, uh, Mano? Uh, no, no, thanks, sir. Okay, I'll never let you answer it. Is that for you, you did, sir. Answer? Yes, sir. Yes. Thank you. Okay, guys, uh, uh, I'm running out of time and I'm going to mix this the last question uh, and this is a question from uh, Emily who is also the flame tree okay, and uh, the flame tree has asked me this question Hi, I have a question for Honorable Tikundondo, given that majority of anti-vaxxers in Fiji are Itoke Christians. What can or is he and other Itoke leaders do to encourage vaccination as we see more of our relatives, friends, lose loved ones? Vinaka Emily. Okay, 
Okay, Nabalebo Emile, that's a really, really good question. Nabalebo, uh, thank you for asking that question. And, uh, you know, uh, perhaps the last question for today. Okay, first I'll begin. I got my second dose today, me and my wife. That's a positive. Okay, another positive. I've been swabbed and uh, I don't, uh, it came out negative, so I'm okay. I am pos uh, uh, negative. Uh, I'm not positive, sorry, I am negative. There are some other negative things too also about uh, this uh, vaccination. One, oh sorry, COVID. My sister got COVID. Okay, and uh, my sister's daughter-in-law got COVID. Unfortunately, in my home where they live, and this is in Nabunsole, where they live today, Their house is the only house that's got COVID. I probably got it from Corvo. And I learned yesterday that my village of Ndelesui has finally got COVID. And I cannot go to Ndelesui because the border is closed. Personally, what have I done? I followed my leaders at NFP and I've put out so many. I've spoken up. If you go to my official page, you will find at least two videos where I have encouraged people of Fiji to go get vaccinated. Okay, I respect your rights if you do not want to get vaccinated. That's fine, because that's your choice. And I will go all the way with you to hell and come back, because that's your rights if you don't want to get vaccinated. And I will say, you know what? I have to respect you because that is your choice. But whether you're right, making the right choice or not, that is a question really to be determined. Because in my videos, I have encouraged people to go vaccinated. Please, today, again on Twitter, I've asked people, please go and get vaccinated. Because it is the right thing to do. Protect yourself. When you get vaccinated, You will get protected and then you will have a better chance to protect your family better. It doesn't mean, of course, you know, um, that you will not get COVID. No. But at least then you have extra protection so that you do not suffer too badly from COVID. As you know, the Delta variant is really, really striking Fiji badly. And on this occasion, I would like to thank all of our friends who have helped us, you know, to get the, vac the vaccines to Fiji. And I encourage all of us, please go out there. And uh, the second half of that question is talking about uh, Christian leaders who are telling people not to get vaccinated. Now, my answer to that is in one of my videos. And the videos I said that God who is our creator, has given the appropriate knowledge to humans. Remember, he's not giving it to God or angels or anyone. If you're a Christian, he's giving it to humans. In all of the human weakness, that particular level and knowledge, the knowledge of how vaccines is created. And, and vaccines has helped the world historically, and this is another occasion. God has gifted many other people 
Okay, many people like doctors and scientists that have come up with the different vaccines that we have. Please trust in your faith and believe that this is from God. Okay, uh, we're often reminded about this story about the guy who's waiting for God to come and and save him. You know, in a big flood. A number of rescuers came and he said, no, 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 no. He started from the floor of his house and he ended up on the roof and said, no, I prayed to God that he's going to come and get me. I believe he's going to save me. Until the flood completely overwhelmed his house and he got away and then he drowned and then ended up in God's face for judgment and God asked, and he, he asked God, why you, for, you know, you, you had forsaken me. I prayed to you. Why did you not come to my aid? And God said, I sent 20 boats to come and save you, but you did not get on the boat. Okay. The vaccine is the boat. And I'm asking everybody, please get vaccinated. This is our way forward. If you don't want to follow it because government is telling you, but do it, please, because it's the right thing to do. It's for all of us. Save yourself, save your family, save Fiji. And please get vaccinated, as I have done, me, my wife, and my family, uh, as have so many others. So, um, long answer to a short question, Vinabaliwem. Thank you. Well, that is the last question um, that I've answered tonight. Um, I would like to say thank you so much to everybody, those that have asked questions and those that have listened. I am new to this place. I am new to um, to tweet, Twitter, Twitter, tweet. Okay, and um, of course, NSP Youth said that this is a space that I can, you know, engage with people. I know there is an election that is coming up. And that will be the end of this political life term as of now. But that is not going to stop me to continue to aspire and fight for the things that I believe in. And I will do that using Twitter and using every other platform. So um, I want to thank all of you tonight that have taken the time to join me. Um, be rest assured that this is not going to be the last time that I would do it. I am going to come back. I know there are many other issues. I know a lot of you, um, I suspect, do not want to ask me the tough questions. Ask me the tough questions. That's why I'm here. Some of you have asked me really tough questions tonight. And I thank you. Thank you for challenging me. Thank you for, for hanging me up for scrutiny because that's my job. But I'm passionate about my job. I believe in what I'm doing and what good it can come out of it. And I hope I can translate that good for everybody. You that are listening in tonight and also for Fiji as a community, because I believe I can make a difference, continue to make a difference. But um, um, this is not a one-man job. You know, it cannot be a two-man job like two, men, two people are trying to think that they can solve everything for us. I want to tell them if they're listening tonight, no. They can't do everything. They need to listen to the people. They need to create the conversation, the dialogue with the people. They need to hear the people. Tonight, 
I have tried to do that, uh, you know, with my very, very basic understanding of Twitter and all my uh, perhaps um, problem with the, this platform that I have started. But I thank you guys for coming and joining me tonight. I will tell you when I come on again. But in the meantime, my Twitter page is there. You can ask me anything. Uh, I will answer, answer you to the best of my knowledge and ability. But for tonight as we are, I would like to thank you. Thank you so much for tonight. And I look forward to engaging with you in the future. Uh, perhaps with um, this space that's called space and maybe in other additional spaces created by space as long as we are engaging. So please engage with me with Twitter. Send me things you are. But for tonight, to everyone out there, thank you so much. Uh, God bless you and your family. And um, I will um, um, I will talk to you later on. And um, as I say, God bless Fiji. Thank you so much.